You know, the Spirit of God is moved, I believe, when men and women get on their knees and they pray. I believe that with all my heart, that God is touched in those moments when we just lift, lift a prayer, that we recognize Him. Saw a while back in Newsweek, they had an article that was talking to God, an intimate look at how we pray. And they had done some surveys, and in that they said 78% of people pray at least once a week. Uh, 50% pray once a day. What I found really interesting, they said one out of five atheists pray. I'm thinking, who do they pray to? <laughs> you know, but they pray. Some of you, Super Bowl weekend prayed. <laughs> oh, there's clapping over here. <laughs> you know, prayer, prayer is, is a subject that I think uh, creates a lot of interest. Uh, there have been a lot written on the topic. Uh, seminars are available all the time to learn more on, on the topic. It's a number one interest of most growing Christians. It's learning how to pray. How do, how do you communicate with, with God? I heard a while back about a little boy. He was kneeling by his bed for bedtime prayers, and his mom and grandma were with him, and he started praying. He said, you know, God, please give my mom and dad and my grandma and grandpa a good night's sleep. And suddenly he just kind of yelled out, and he says, and don't forget I want a bike for my birthday. And his mom's like, son, you don't need to shout. God isn't deaf. He said, I know, but Grandma is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> prayer, prayer. Like the uh, AT&T has a series of commercials out, and they're, they're promising to take mobile communications to, the, to a new level. And they talk about customers are going to get more bars, more bars, more places. And they, they, if you watch the commercial, there's all kinds of places where they're showing, showing the bars, whether it's buildings or whatever. But more bars and more places means better coverage, you know, a better connection. And that's what we've been about in this series, uh, iPhone. We've been talking about prayer and about how to better connect with God. Now, I'm going to be upfront with you today that what I want to do is kind of raise the bar when it comes to your prayer life. And I'm going to do a little bit of apologizing. If, if you're kind of checking the faith out right now and investigating, uh, and I know some of you are new believers, that what I'm going to talk about may feel like it's a little bit over your head. It's a little, little deeper than, than where you see yourself right now. But that's okay, because what I want to do is raise that bar when it comes to prayer. And because I believe that at some point in your life, maybe not today, but maybe in a couple months, maybe tomorrow, but somewhere down the road, you're going to need prayer and some of the prayers that we're going to talk about today. You know, the Bible's full of, of dozens and dozens of, of prayers, and the, many of them are kind of raising the bar, so to speak, and so what I want to do as we begin to talk about this is for you to look at how do you integrate. How do you integrate some of these prayers? Because I believe when you take and raise the bar in your prayer life, what will happen is your Christian life will take on a new level, that it will move you to new horizons. 
How many of you uh, have ever used the search feature on your phone? Anybody? <laughs> okay. They, uh, the techies all raise, raise their hand. I mean, it's a, it's a handy feature. It's, uh, it kind of allows you to search your entire database. In other words, you can search for a file of a, with a particular word or, or a number, like if you forget a salesperson's name but you know what company they're with. Or maybe you remember something you wrote in a note, you know, that was in, in the margins or whatever. What you can do is search the entire memory of your phone, and you'll find everywhere that there's a match. And so then you can kind of look through it and go, oh, there's, there's the one I was looking for. But it's a, it's a very methodical way to kind of go through the system. Well, here's what I believe. If you want to raise the bar when it comes to your prayer life, I want to suggest you hit the search feature. And you say, God, search me. Examine me. Take a look at me. I believe a search me type prayer will raise the bar big time in your life. And I think I've shared with you before, I blew my knee out several years ago. I was playing basketball, and uh, as soon as it happened, I knew I was in trouble. And uh, so I called a buddy of mine, he's, a, he's an orthopedic surgeon, and uh, I, I, Rod Heron, um, his dad was a uh, coach down at Southern, and uh, anyway, I called Rod, and he gave me a call back a little bit later, and he said, you know, Damon, I really don't need to see you. You know, in fact, uh, if you just kind of describe what happened and what your knee feels like, and, you know, maybe draw me a picture and fax it to me, we'll... Do you think that's what he said? No. He did everything he could to check that knee out. I mean, he, he gave it a, a physical, a visual. He asked me what things were hurting. He gave me an x-ray, an MRI. He did everything he could to figure out what was wrong with my knee. Come find out, I had a complete tear of the ACL and partial tear on the, on the MCL and surgery and years later, and uh, I use it as my excuse when my game's not good now. <laughs> but here's, here's what I want to ask. Do you have enough courage when you pray to hit the search feature and say, God, search me, examine me, Take an up-close look at me. Because that's what David did. If you read the the Psalms, especially Psalms 139, he hits a a search feature at a point in the prayer. I mean, he starts out by praising God, and then he shifts gears and kind of talks about what's bothering him, what's on his mind. And in fact, we'll we'll pick up here. He goes, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And then he goes on and says, if only you would slay the wicked. God and the bloodthirsty would depart from me. Those who speak of you maliciously and lift themselves up against you for evil. I mean, basically, David's kind of pouring his heart out. He says, look at at these people around me. You know, they're rebelling. They're ridiculous. They're they're shaking their fist at you, God. they're, they're, They're not the kind of people you want them to be. They, they don't understand who they're hating. They don't understand who they're turning their back on. They don't understand how much you love them. And then he kind of looks and goes, you know, they make me sick. They just, they're messed up. Now, I'm sure none of you have ever prayed a prayer like that. 
Huh? I mean, every once in a while you catch yourself, don't you? You're pointing your finger. Someone that's disobeying God. Somebody that's doing something that maybe is messing up your life. You know, and you think, how could they? They make me so angry. I can't believe, you know, God, they're getting out of line. Just put them in their place. Come on, God. Get to it. But it's interesting because David, as he's praying this prayer, he's venting. And it's okay to vent. Don't don't misunderstand me. It's okay to vent to God. But as he's pointing his finger, he shifts his focus. And he hits the search feature. And he says, search me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. David says, God, they're sinning. Look at them. Okay, God, let's take the spotlight off them. Put it on me. Search me. See what's going on in here. And friends, I'll be honest with you. I think this is where most of us, if we're honest, we put the brakes on. God wants to search me? My granddaughter says, I don't think so. I'll decide what's fair game. I'll decide what God can look at and what God can't look at. See, I think most of us are afraid to hit the search feature in prayer. Because what we're afraid of is what God's going to find out. And here's what I believe. If we do hit the search feature, we limit the area that God can search, or so we think. You know, and what we usually do is we go, hey, you know, check out this area, God. And, and what do you do? You lift up the thing that you think you're doing pretty well at, pretty good at. And so you limit the access. And you know why? Because you're afraid of what God's going to find. And, and here's what I would want you to think about. That thing, whatever it is, that thing that, that you're afraid God might find, Friends, that is one of the things that's keeping you from being the person God created you to be. Search me. Search me, God. You know, cell, cell phones, they've, they've come a long way over the years, and uh, the designers that, that put together cell phones have been trying to address the issue of breakage with phones. And a lot of phones are being designed with these brake-resistant uh, features, like shock-resistant. In other words, uh, they're able to withstand a, a reasonable fall. I'm not talking about, like, throwing it out the third-story window kind of thing, but, you know, they, they should be able to handle a few drops here and there. Uh, some of them are water-resistant now. In other words, they can survive an occasional ride through the wash machine. <laughs> Heat. Fog, vib- vibration-resistant, dust-resistant, uh, screens that won't scratch or crack. And the list goes on and on, all in an attempt to create a phone that won't break down. And, and I think too many prayers are break-resistant. And in other words, it, it's kind of this, this type of a prayer. Make things better in my life, God. 
but I want to stay like I am. You know, God, get things on track for me, but I want it easy, I want it painless, and I want it now. And I want to suggest if, if you pray, if you pray the first prayer and you say, God, search me. Take a look at what's going on in me. Take a look at what's keeping me from being the person you want me to be. Take, take a look and show me the problem in my life. You've got to quit praying break-resistant prayers. You need to start praying Prayers that say, you know what, God, break me if you need to. I mean, a break me type prayer, friends, can change your life. It's the type of prayer that I believe requires courage. And if you're going to push it up a bar, you've got to be willing to pray it and allow that to happen in your life. You know, what, is, what, is, what has its hooks in you? You know, what, what behavior do you have that needs to be broken? What is it that, that God exposed to you when you said, search me? What is it that comes to mind? You know, that, uh-oh, what's God going to find? And then to be able to look at that and go, you know what, I need to deal with it. I need to take care of it. I need to cut that out of my life. What is it? I mean, we are so break-resistant. You know, we, we want to stand strong. We don't want to admit anything. You know, I read through Scripture, you got stories like the, the woman that was caught in adultery. You know, the religious leaders, they, they catch her. And they drag her into the street, and they throw her at Jesus' feet. And they say, Jesus, condemn this woman. And I always love Jesus, because he, he's able to take those situations and to change lives. And so first, he, he kind of rebukes the religious leaders. And then finally, he helps the woman up, and he addresses the sin, he identifies the sin, and then as he's leaving the scene, he says to her, he says, go, sin no more. You know, Jesus says, break those habits that are destroying you. Get rid of those habits that are destroying other people in your life. He says, you've got, you got to break them. You've got to get rid of them because they're messing you up. You know, one afternoon, Jesus has a lunch, and we talked about this not long ago, with an extortionist named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is ripping people off, and he's reeling in the cash. I mean, he's making money off people's backs. And he runs into Jesus, and he has this lunch with him, and Zac kind of emerges as a new man, and he makes an announcement. You know, I don't know if he did it from his front porch or maybe, maybe the business district or whatever, but he stood up and said, you know what, I'm changing my ways. I'm changing the way I manage money. I'm giving money back, plus some, to the people that I abused and ripped off. In other words, he says, you know what, I'm getting serious with God, and you're going to see it in the way that I act. Two different people... They come to Jesus, sins exposed, and they break the behaviors that were ruining their lives. Friends, once you become a Christian, we, we have the ability 
to defeat sin. We, we're called as Christians to develop some new patterns in our life. We're also called to break some old ones. And I think to pray a break-me prayer, it's tough sometimes. Because sometimes God does that very mercifully. And at other times, it's painful. I mean, I've been there. You go, ouch, this hurts. This is uncomfortable. This is tough. But here's my question. When was the last time you prayed a break-me prayer? When was the last time you, you just said to God, you know what, break me? I mean, what do you need to break in your life? What do you, what do you need to have happen? What's keeping you from the best that God has to offer? You know, what's getting in the way? What is it? Put your finger on it. You know, is it lust? Is it anger? Is it it control issues? Selfishness? Materialism? If you don't know what it is, see, here we're going to work it. If you don't know what it is, pray the first prayer. God, search me. Examine me. Take a look at me. And as God exposes whatever that is, then you pray the next prayer, and that is, break me. Help me with this one. You know, if you're going to raise the bar, let's push it. How about test me? Test me. You know, God never tempts, but God will test. And I believe this with all my heart. God tests and will press you, but it will always bring out the best in you if you allow that to happen. You know, James 1 says, James writes, he says, You know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. In other words, when when God tests you, he does it to build your character. When God tests you, he does it to build qualities in your life that can never be built unless you're tested. You know, isn't it true, those of you that are older, the older you get, don't you realize you just have to go through some stuff? You know, sometimes someone will go, you got to stop so-and-so. They're going, they're going down this path, man. They're going to hit a wall. And it's like, well, we can tell them all you want, but the best learning tool, hit the wall. Right? True? Sometimes you just have to learn the hard way. You have to go through the refining fires of life. David, David writes in verse 23, he says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. He says, Search me. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I don't like for someone to search me, and I don't like for someone to test me. You know, I, how many of you are in school? Anybody get excited about tests? You know. Wouldn't it have been fun this morning? I said, we're going to take a test. And most of you went, oh, I didn't know about this. I mean, I didn't go to school and go, woohoo, it's test day. Man, I'm so excited. This is so cool. I can't wait to take a test. I love taking tests. I mean, there were people like that. I stayed away from them, you know. It's like, get away. I believe that if we had our way, we would never face a test in our lives. We'd run from them. You know, sometimes God tests us through, through blessings. And I've watched a lot of people fail this test. 
You know, in the 25 years I've been in full-time ministry, uh, you know, I've seen people, I've seen uh, couples, I've seen single adults that, that are barely getting by financially. You know, living month to month, paycheck to paycheck, just barely getting by. And, and what happens, they, they, they live out their faith. You know, they're very faithful with their treasures and their talents and their time when they're barely getting by. You know how this goes. We love you, God. You're, you're our Lord. You're our God. We want to serve you. Whatever comes, we will be there. We're by you. And suddenly God tests them with a blessing. Maybe a financial windfall. Maybe an opportunity. Maybe a promotion at work. And this is the sad piece. In all my years of ministry, I have watched too many people, when they finally hit that point, they just leave the church. Oh, they, they come, you know, once a month. Definitely Easter and Christmas. But friends, too many people, when they face that test, they fail. You know, God tests them to see if the faith is real. You know, when, when the test comes, though, it's like, well, I'm going to buy a lake home. I'm going to get a boat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a lot of great things happening on my weekends. And, and because now I'm self-sufficient, I can forge my own future, and, you know, I'll get to church when I can. It's a test. It's a test. It's a test. I've seen the flip side. People very faithful at church, and then they have a difficult situation in life. Maybe, maybe a tragedy. Maybe, maybe something that rocks their world. And let's be clear, God doesn't cause those difficulties. We live in a sin-fallen world. But the difficulty is a test because God wants to see how I react, how you react, you know, what I do or what you do in your life when nobody else is looking, when we're being tested. It's a test. It's a test. Keep raising the bar. We're going to go GPS now. You know, GPS with, with prayer, I'm talking about God's guidance system in your life. I'm talking about navigation type prayers. How many of you have ever prayed a GPS prayer? How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're talking about guide me, God. You know, lead me. Tell me which direction to go. David, I love David. David was a smart guy, but he understood God was a lot smarter. And he prays, he says, see if there's any wicked way in me, then guide me on the road to eternal life. He writes in Psalms 31, he says, you are indeed my rock and fortress for the honor of your name What's it say? Lead me and guide me. David had a GPS prayer. Lord, lead me, guide me. I'll follow whatever you want. A couple years ago, Cindy and I were in the Florida Keys, and uh, we rented a, a jet boat, and it had GPS on it. And it took us on an all-day tour. And I'm pretty good at boating in the Keys, but we were all over the place. I mean, we were cutting back and forth and cutting through mangrove islands that had been cut through intercoastal Gulf, you know, from the Gulf to the Atlantic to the Everglades. And the GPS on this thing was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. It navigated us around the shallows, around the reefs, around the sandbars, 
you know, right back to the dock that we took off from. I mean, it was just amazing. But never once, and I've done a lot of boating in my life, but never once did I think, you know what, honey, let's turn the GPS off. Let's just do our own thing and see if we can find our way back, you know. No. I'm still married. (laughs) God gives you an opportunity to lift up GPS prayers. But I wonder, do you really let God guide you? Do you really let God lead you in your life? You know, GPS prayers are, are dangerous prayers. But I'll give you a little heads up. It is more dangerous to not pray them. You know, I was thinking about major um, turning points in my life. And I realized they always had the GPS prayers with them. You know, I remember the very first one. I was in eighth grade. And God had kind of rocked my heart big time. And I remember I, I didn't know how to pray very well. I mean, I was in eighth grade. But I remember just saying to God, I have no clue what I'm going to do with my life. Help me. Help me figure it out. Guide me. And I felt God begin to move in my spirit. I mean, over the next year, God just spoke to me. Not audibly. He didn't go, hey, Damon. You know. But he spoke to my spirit. And I've talked about that a lot. That you've got to sense it in your spirit. And I sensed God saying, you know what, Damon? I want you to go in ministry. And so I started at that, at that age. I started studying for ministry. I spent a lot of time in, in God's word. And that changed the whole trajectory of my life. That one moment. Remember about 20 years ago, I had stepped out of ministry. I was working at the post office, and um, I sensed a, a, just a restlessness in, in, in my spirit. And I finally just turned to God and said, you know, I'm not sure what to do, but I'm, but I'm listening. And, you know, God, I'm not sure how to take the next step. In a very short order, I found myself pastoring three United Methodist churches in Palmyra, Modesto, and Scottville. Ran the circuit. Guide me, God. You know, a few years ago, I I really hit a time of tests and trials, and I'll be honest, I felt a bit staggered in my life. Wasn't sure which way was up. Wasn't sure what the next step was. And so I did the only thing that I know how to do in those times, the only thing that I know that works, and that's pray a GPS prayer. You know, God, lead me. Some other people in this church apparently were praying those GPS prayers. We wouldn't be sitting here today if it hadn't been for a few people lifting up and saying, God, guide us. You know, I, think, I thought about that as I was sitting at my desk this week, and I thought, you know, I would have missed all of you. Would have missed this church. And I'll tell you, I would have missed the greatest ride of my ministry and of my life had I not been willing to lift that prayer. I mean, see, see what we're talking about here? How vital they are? I mean, just think what God wants to do through ordinary you. 
You know, if, if you pray a GPS prayer, it can change everything. Just curious, uh, how many of you know what type of phone you got? I mean, you know what type? Any, how many of you have got an LG phone? Let me see. Let me see hands. Okay. All right. All right. It's, it's the most popular selling phone uh, as far as amount over the, over the years. And uh, LG phones are, um, it's like shine or chocolate, uh, LG, and then a bunch of numbers and model numbers after them and stuff. There are all kinds of these out. And so I got thinking about, well, what's, what's an LG prayer? You know, and so I thought, well, go large, because I'm dyslexic, okay? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Let God. Let God. Let God. Let God what? Let God use you. You know, have you ever prayed that prayer? God, use me. God, I'm yours. Whatever, whatever you want, to pray a prayer like David did, because David prayed that prayer. He says, God, here's my talents, here's my abilities, here's my achievements, here's everything, my creativity, it's from you. God, I'm yours, use me however you want. And God did. You know, Isaiah, Isaiah prayed an LG prayer. He let God use him. He opened himself up to it. You know, Isaiah 8, or 6, 8, it says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. God, use me. He let God use him. Amazing story. You know, I believe God searches this planet, looks around, trying to find people that are tossing up these LG prayers. And saying, you know what, I'm going to let God use me. I'm going to let God, however he sees fit, use me to impact this world. And friends, you may be imperfect. You are, by the way, just as I am. And we're sinful. But what is amazing, when you pray, God, use me, and you really let God do that, what he does is he, he links you up or hooks you up with someone that needs that gift that you have. I mean, God designed this world, and you have a spot. You have a place in it. Have you ever prayed an LG prayer and just let God use you? God, I'm yours. Whatever it is you want, I'll do it. You know, in my, in my life, I, I, I look over time, and I, and I think, you know, God, God's blessed me in my life. You know, I've had, had an opportunity, I've, I've traveled a lot, I've got to meet a lot of cool and interesting people, and I, I don't know why God blessed me. You know, you ever have those moments, you're like, why did God bless me? But it, as much fun as I've had in my life and in my ministry and stuff, there comes a point, now isn't this true, if you travel a lot, or you do things, the older you get, you're kind of like, eh, been there, done that, now what? Next, you know, everything's an adventure. Next, you know, you know how this goes, right? I mean, I'm not the only one. You get in those moments and you, and you think, hmm, whatever. But friends, I, I'm going to tell you something. When God uses me to make a difference in someone else's life, 
that never gets old. That never gets boring. That never gets like, "Eh, whatever. The fact is, when God has used me, that jazzes me up. That gets me excited. And some of you have been used by God. And some of you haven't. Some of you have never been used by God because I would suggest you've never prayed an LG prayer and said, you know what? I'm going to let God use me. I'm going to let God. I'm going to ask God to use me. I mean, do you have the courage to pray that prayer, to just let go? See, raising the bar. One more thing. And this is going to stretch some of you, literally. It's going to stretch you. It's going to press you. Because this is a prayer where you say, stretch me. You know, stretch me, God. Change me. It's a, it's a prayer that will challenge you, that will push you, that requires strength, that requires grit in your life. You know, a religious leader one night, he, uh, he was one of these guys who kind of went with the party line, and he thought, well, the way to heaven was keeping a bunch of rules, jumping through hoops, doing certain things. And we're told, told in Scripture that Nicodemus, Nicodemus ends up kind of slithering through, through the dark to meet Jesus one night. Because he had heard Jesus teach a different way. He had heard him talk about a different way to heaven. It was different than one he grew up with. And so he went to Jesus and he said, Look, Jesus, stretch me. Stretch my, my spiritual understanding. Help me get my mind around this. And Jesus says, You know what, Nicodemus? You must be born again. In fact, Nicodemus, if you hadn't come and talked to me about this, if you hadn't asked me to stretch you, you'd have missed heaven. You'd have missed it. Now I'm going to be as direct without being brutal as I can. You know, every week I, I stand up here and, you know, I look around And you know what haunts me? Is I wonder how many of you are going to miss heaven. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that like to freak you out. But I really wonder how many of you are going to miss heaven because you're, you're kind of caught. You know, you're, you're kind of caught with the idea uh, that you grew up with. You know, maybe uh, you accepted the, what I consider the popular opinion you know, go out and ask everybody, and they say, well, what you've got to be is a good person to get to heaven. If you're a good person, just be a good person. And we go, oh, I like that. You know, or some of you have bought into the idea that if you keep the rules and the rituals and, you know, if you serve enough, that then, then, then you can get to heaven. And friends, that's not it. That's not it. There's only one way to heaven, and that's when you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You know, some, some of you need to take that step. It's so, it's so freeing, first of all, because the other stuff just run you ragged. But to just take that step and say, you know what? I accept Christ as my Savior. I'd be glad to talk to you. You know, call me, catch me in the hall, wh- whatever. But some of you need to just pray that stretch me prayer and say, okay, God, stretch me spiritually. 
Those of you that are Christians, you need to pray the stretch me prayer. You know, some of you need to pray and ask God to stretch you in your marriage or in your career or, you know, how you manage your finances or to to help you and stretch you with courage so that you'll take a stand or to give you vision or in leadership. I mean, this is tough stuff. But if you're going to raise the bar, you got to pray that prayer. You know, you want to, if you want to raise the bar in your life, you raise the bar in your prayer life. They're linked. Raise the bar in your life, raise the bar in your prayer life. That's how most, I want to say raise the bar in your prayer life, it'll raise the bar in your life. More bars, more places. Friends, if you learn to pray those prayers, you would not believe what God can do through you. What God could do through this church. What God could do through your family. And you wouldn't believe what God's got in store for you. But it all starts with prayer. It all starts with prayer. Just remain seated and uh, we're going to allow God to minister to us right now.